0: Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. Hi Again everybody. Thank you for worshiping with us. And it's just a great joy just to be in God's presence and spend time with Him. Today, I just want to continue on in the series that we started last week uh, about living in perilous times. You know, uh, I was talking about being people of purpose in perilous times and the question, what is your purpose? And how we can get a little bit off on maybe our purpose when we're in the middle of something like what we're experiencing now with the coronavirus and such. And so our focus can get off a little bit And we can be self-focused and things, but I just want to make us aware of kind of getting back on track of the things that God has for us and his purpose. And I believe he's given us a word, a word of encouragement and how we're moving forward in that and just seeing a shifting coming that God's going to be doing some amazing things ahead. So we want to make sure we're preparing ourselves for that. I believe that God wants to continue to instill in us a boldness and a confidence to be strong and believe in what we believe in and believe in what the Spirit of God is telling us during these perilous times. And we need to walk in the divine power that God is enabling us to walk in more than ever before as we're moving forward in our lives. Uh, I was thinking a lot about uh, in the last few weeks, I keep being taken back to the children of Israel and the kind of the whole process for them. And so there's a lot of things that we can pull out of that story as we're kind of walking through this on our own now, a few thousand years later. But there's a lot of principles and a lot of things that we can connect to and relate to, and that God could speak to us through that as well. And I was thinking about how, after Pharaoh had released the children of Israel, released them from bondage 430 years. Of being in bondage in Egypt, what that felt like, what the atmosphere was like with the children of Israel being free. And the Bible says that they went out with boldness. They were pretty bold leaving there and heading into a glorious future that God had for them. And so at that time, you know, in the good times, you can be bold, you can grab a hold of the boldness. But I want to take us into a portion of scripture. So if you jump forward just a little bit after them being released, if we look in Exodus chapter 14, starting in verse 4, here comes a little bit of a test. It says this, And once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. This is God speaking. And he will chase after you. I have planned this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. I don't know about you, but I don't always like it when God chooses to do it that way. So it goes on to say, When word reached the king of Egypt that the Israelites had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds. What have we done letting all those Israelite slaves get away? It was a dumb decision to do because Obviously, the plagues that God brought on them caused the decision to be that, but they lost all their labor, and they were kind of stuck. So Pharaoh harnessed his chariot and called up his troops. He took with him 600 of Egypt's best chariots, along with the rest of the chariots of Egypt, each with its commander. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, so we chased after the people of Israel who had left with fist raised in defiance. They're like, we're out of here. You know, it's interesting because when we're free from the enemy, it's easy to be bold. It's like turn around, nah, 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 nah. You know, we can do that because we're free and we know we have the freedom of whatever that is. But boldness really is tested when the enemy is chasing us. So here's the test. The enemy is chasing us. And so the Egyptians followed after him. And the Bible says, so when, when they recognize and realize that, the Bible says they were afraid. Fear all of a sudden came back. It replaced the boldness. And so in this case, fear followed the boldness. And so we see as it continues to move forward in verse 9, Exodus 14, the Egyptians... "'Chased after them with all the forces in Pharaoh's army "'and all his horses and chariots, "'his charioteers and his troops. "'The Egyptians caught up to the people of Israel "'as they were camped beside the shore near Pi-Hirath, "'across from baal Zephon. "'As Pharaoh approached, "'the people of Israel looked up and panicked "'when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. "'They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Those were the once bold people who were free. Now they're playing the blame game and and trying to figure this out. Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves in Egypt. It's better for us to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse In the wilderness. Wow, what a change of thought. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. You know, it's important for us to have somebody to speak that to us, to bring us back, kind of back on that solid ground. The Egyptian you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you just Stay calm. Again, a reminder. We're not fighting this battle. It's his battle. And we jump to verse 20. And this is where the pillar of cloud turned to fire at night. And it was created for not only for light for the children of Israel, but it also created a fear in the enemy. It was a darkness for the enemy. So that same pillar that that was created to wreak havoc for the enemy was a light for the children of Israel, and that's how God does things. So we need to trust that there are times when we see from God that whatever's placed in there, that he places for us, that it's for our benefit. Understanding that same thing could be something that's a detriment to the enemy, and Satan gets blinded by that or blinded to that. So then we see in verse 21, Then Moses raised his hand over the sea... And the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Just again, Moses being in tune with what God is saying. He's hearing the people, but he's also making sure he's in tune with what God is saying. And God gives him instruction, and he followed that instruction. In the next couple verses, we see God does have a sense of humor in all of this. He's he's like, don't worry, I'm going to fix their wagons, so to speak. So he does mess up the Egyptians. In uh, verse 24, in 25, it says this, But just before dawn, the Lord looked down on the Egyptian army from the pillar of fire and cloud, and he threw their forces into total confusion. He twisted their chariot wheels, making their chariots difficult to drive. Or I know in the King James Version, it says he even took off the wheels. But, but whatever it is, it was very difficult for them. Let's get out of here, away from these Israelites, the Egyptians shouted. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. I love that. You know, God chooses to use people to accomplish his will and his work. You know, he chooses not to do it alone. He could. We know he could. And he knows he could do it. But he wants for us to know that he can do it, and he wants us to experience what that is to see the miraculous happen. And he wants us to know that we can do it through him. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength to do that. So there are a couple of examples I want to bring about working with God or God working with us, and that brings our obedience to that, brings the miraculous. So we'd, we see in Exodus chapter 10, we, we can go back to a, a portion where verse 21, the Lord said to Moses, lift up your hand toward heaven and the land of Egypt will be covered with darkness so thick you can feel it. So Moses lifted his hand to the sky and a deep darkness covered the entire land of Egypt for three days. Again, God could have done this all on his own. He didn't need Moses But it was an act of obedience so that when Moses did what God said, lift your hand and the darkness covered, Moses had a direct connection of like, wow, God used me to do that. He could have done it, but it was something that he was obedient to God speaking to him and that happened. And then the next experience, which we had just read a little bit ago, where God told Moses in Exodus 14, 16, pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea, divide the waters so Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. Again, God could have done that without Moses. He didn't need Moses to do that. But again, it was the act of connecting with us. He connected with Moses saying, hey, let's do this and I'm gonna show my power through you and that's what he chooses, to use us. And so we we see that here. He didn't need Moses to do that, but he did. He chose to partner with Moses. So in this, God's just looking for obedience from us. Prior to each miracle that we see, there's an act of obedience that happens. And so we see this. And you know what? As we're walking into new territory in 2020, this is stuff we have never experienced. We're going into territory we've never been before. But I believe God is ready to release miracles. He's ready to release signs and wonders. He's ready to release harvest, all of these things. But right now, what he's looking for is an obedient partner to work through. And I believe that that's you and me, and we're called to be partners. And so this is a time where we are engaging in what he's doing and what he's wanting to do Because he gets all the glory for it. But it increases our trust and our faith in God when we jump in in this. You know, he gives us the easy part, really. And he's the one that does the hard part. He does the rest. Yes, we're living in perilous times. But we are walking into an outpouring of the Holy Spirit like we've never seen before. We are becoming a people of purpose in perilous times, and that's important for us, that we are a people of purpose in perilous times. So then we see, it goes on, after the Egyptians are dead, the children of Israel feared the Lord and believed him, and they believed Moses. And so we see this progression. Here's the important thing that I want to mention. They believed him before the miracle, and they believed him after the miracle, but for whatever reason, they didn't believe him during the challenge that they're faced. Boy, I tell you, that's a word for all of us because you know, before something happens, we can say, yes, Lord, we believe you can do this. And then we look back afterwards and say, wow, yeah, I believe God was gonna do that. But we're in the middle of it. We're in the middle of something right now. Do you believe that God can sovereignly move and do things right in the middle of everything? I think we all can relate to that. So we see here, not but three days later, the children of Israel were complaining to Moses. They were complaining about not having clean water to drink. And they couldn't believe beyond, you know, they just saw God part the Red Sea. That's a miracle in itself. They saw God destroy the Egyptian army. They killed all of them. All all those 600 chariots and all the, the soldiers and all those... But they couldn't believe for God to provide water for them. But I tell you what, I I experienced stuff like that. I haven't seen the extent of those kinds of miracles, but I've seen miracles in my life. But then for whatever reason, I'll question God as to, I don't believe he can do that. I saw him do this, but maybe he can't do that. We see in chapter 16, verse 3, it says, If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around, pots filled with meat, and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into this wilderness to starve us all to death. Wow. The word perilous is interesting in itself, and it does mean hard times. There is one aspect of this that denotes a definite, specific season. We see how this is used in context with the things we're talking about. It denotes a specific season, and we are in a definite specific season of time right now with things that are happening around us. This is a hard time. The Bible says we're going to be going through this stuff, and so as we're going through it, we need to understand what this is. In Romans 8, verse 35, and then I want to also read verse 37, says this, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. Man, we need to know right now, again, beyond a shadow of a doubt, his love for us. You know It's amazing that in the midst of all these things, we can doubt things and doubt, but we don't want to ever doubt Christ's love for us. Nothing, nothing can separate us from his love. First Peter 5.8 says this for us, and this is important, during perilous times, during challenging times. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Wow, you know what? He's prowling around right now, and he's looking, he's looking. I tell you, it's important for us to say, not me, not me, Satan. You are not going to devour me. You're not going to take me. God has a plan and a purpose for my life, and it will be fulfilled. There's a destiny. Uh, We're going to see miracles, signs, and wonders. We're going to see harvest, and we're partnering with the King of kings, the Lord of lords, And we're going to see this thing out. We're going to see this thing fulfilled. We're going to see the barrenness become a place of plenty. You know, the Bible talks about the devil being the uh, grand accuser, that he's the accuser of brethren, of all brethren. And this title is derived from a word which signifies to strike through or to stab. And so an accuser, I mean, it's a real, it's it's a mean thing. He would... Uh, like to strike with an intense way to destroy us to create us to be he has ill will toward us he has hatred toward us and he wants to poison our soul you know so the fact that he's a roaring lion he's hungry he's fierce you know he's cruel he's greedy he's pursuing our soul and his whole design is to devour and to destroy us but i want to tell you something this is This is what the word of the Lord says. He comes back to us to say again in Isaiah 59 in the second part of verse 19 when the enemy comes in like a flood and guess what? He's trying to do that. It's not if but when. The spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. You know that standard that he has that standard really it reflects or has the meaning of to make something vanish or vanish away or put it to flight. So that's what that standard does. Anything that the enemy comes to us. So the question as we conclude today is, will we be a people of fear or a people of faith during perilous times? God, again, he's partnering with us so that our faith will increase as we're involved in what he is doing. Again, remember, he could do this without us but he wants to bring us along. He wants us to experience the incredible, miraculous hand of God at work. We're in this with him. He loves us. He loves partnering with us. And I tell you, we're going to see his mighty hand at work, and we're going to be blessed by it. So I just want to encourage you today. You know, we're living in perilous times, but he's called us to be people of purpose. So let's make sure we stay on that track, and we're going to see the goodness of God through all of this and his name will be magnified. He will get all the glory and we will rejoice with each other in this. Looking forward to getting together uh, with all of us together. It's going to be exciting and we can just talk about the goodness of God, but there's incredible things ahead. So I just want to encourage you, keep your faith, keep your trust in God. And don't allow the enemy to come at you as a roaring lion, but we are overcomers. We can overcome whatever the enemy brings. And uh, so I just declare that for each one of us today. Again, thank you for being with us and joining with us and I pray a blessing upon you for the rest of your week. And uh, go in the name of the Lord, go in the blessing of the Lord. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast.